one of the biggest mistakes we make as small business owners is making things overly complicated. And when it comes to storytelling in business, it's no exception. I've got some bugbears about storytelling in business. I'm going to share all about them and how you should be using storytelling for your business in this episode. My name is Rachel Claver, and I'm the host of Mip It Marketing. Every second week, it's just me with you talking and helping you strategy, create strategy and action points for your business. And today, it's all about one of my very favorite topics, storytelling. I want to shift the needle for you. I was just stealing that from a episode coming up in a couple of weeks with Sarah Greener. I want to shift the needle for you around the way that you think about storytelling. I want you to find stories in the everyday. And today we're going to go through what I do, how I work, what you need to think about when you're doing it. And I give you some real life examples of how simple those stories need to be to make an effective change for your content marketing. I'm really looking forward to doing this session with you today and I'd like to help you tell better stories because stories is how we change people's minds. So let's sit in, get listening and get ready to write your own stories. Welcome, this is Mippet Marketing and I am your host, Rachel Claver. I love helping small business owners become more confident and more capable with their marketing. So this podcast is all here to help you do just that. It's me and the help of some great guests helping you learn new skills, new strategies and ideas. Let's jump in and get started. Hello and welcome to this episode of Map It Marketing. It is me today and I'm super excited because this is a topic I am so passionate about. I've been diving deep into telling stories as a marketer for probably the last four or five years. Prior to that, though, I also have been using stories in many ways by interviewing people as a freelance writer, writing about people. Even podcasting has allowed me to tell people stories after I've written about them. I've told lots of other people's stories, but I also really love the idea of writing my thoughts down and crafting them in a way where we create metaphors and analogies and ideas that help people see our way of seeing the world, but also aligning with the way they see the world. I truly believe that storytelling can change a mind. I truly believe that people can be so moved by the things that we say and the things that we do that it shifts the needle on the way that they're thinking. I believe that testimony or experience or sharing personal insight can help people really understand how another person is filtering the worldview. Sometimes this can be a dangerous thing. We've seen that with the growth of misinformation where people are sharing things and using the power and conviction of their story and people have then been shifted by it because we are innately people who are storytellers and we also are innately people who trust storytellers. So this is like one of those things where I kind of think it's like the dark arts you do need to be careful that you're making sure that you're telling stories responsibly. You do need to be thinking about the power and the, the message and the magic you're weaving when you're creating a story and how dangerous it can be if you're not really thinking about where you're taking someone with that story. That's one of the reasons that I believe that it's so important for us to have a really good strong sense of who our, what our values are and who we are as people and as business owners. So we're making sure that we craft the right stories for us. One of the big things that we talk about when we're creating story is to make sure that we find ways for people to connect with us. And what I see as one of the biggest mistakes with small business owners 
as we often go too big on our stories, we choose the big life moments, the near-death experience, the loss of something that we loved and craved, the big moment in our life when everything changed. And those are great stories for us as people to define ourselves, but aren't often the most powerful stories to impact change and to bring people closer. People may remember those stories, but will it bring them to a point where they go, this person gets me? perhaps not. And so it's really important for us to think about those little stories instead. The other reason why it's important to not focus on those big stories is many of them create a stories created in brokenness. They are the big crisis, the big terrible moment. And what we can accidentally do is attract people who are in those big moments and go, that person understands me. And we're attracting people who need a lot of healing and often aren't ready to work with us or buy from us right now. So it's the little stories we're seeking. It's the little stories that we want to share. And it's the little stories that I'm wanting to show you how to gather Now, before we do those stories, obviously, there's a few things that we need to do as marketers. And sometimes I feel that I am beating the drum of constant and utter overtelling of this. But we do really need to think about who our audience is for this. If our story is about buying a flashy new car and our audience isn't one that's going to relate to that, then it's not the right story for us to tell. I had to do some work with someone once um, who was in an industry where they were already considered like money grabbers and he was doing all his storytelling around the flash car that he bought and the big Waiheke holiday and all these other things and for his audience it just turned them off. He was telling authentic stories from his life but they weren't the right authentic stories to tell. So you really need to understand who your audience is and think about what their interests and needs and pain points are. Storytelling is not telling just a story about our life. Storytelling is going, here is a pain point. Here is an incident in my life. How can I bring those two things together to explain I understand the pain point? That's the goal of that story because then we can shift them to a new place with that story. The other thing is you have to think about Why are you telling this story? Sometimes it might just be for entertainment. I definitely have stories that I tell that are just for entertainment when I'm presenting, but they still normally have a little bit of um, seriousness in them. I'll often want to educate people with the stories, but quite often I want people to resonate with the story. I want them to feel like they know I get them, that I am in a place where I understand where they are. And as I've shifted and developed, those stories have shifted and developed too. There are stories I was telling six or seven years ago that I just don't tell anymore because I don't feel like they're an important part of how I attract my ideal clients. And as we evolve and shift, we need to be checking, are our stories attracting our right clients or are we doing a bit of a muck up when it comes to this sort of thing? Then we need to think about what those topics would be. Now, I personally think as much as possible, our topics need to be as related as closely to our lives as possible. But stories can be found anywhere. I'm going to tell you a little story. I have confessed the story. Um, I work with a lot of neurodiverse uh, business owners. I work with people who are not neurodiverse as well. But I work with a lot of neurodiverse business owners because I also am neurodiverse, so I get them. And so I tell this story because I am... It just shows an illustration of the painfulness that it is to work with someone who is neurodiverse. So a few weeks ago, 
I was coming to work and I have a great system for coming to work. I work out in the morning to get rid of some energy, get ready before I go upstairs to have my shower. I pack my lunchbox, I put my phone with my lunchbox and then I'll have that in my bags and I carry that to work. And sometimes I have not much stuff to carry and sometimes I have heaps of things to carry. Well, on this day, I had a lot to carry. So I put everything in the car and I went to put my music on and picked up my phone as I like to in the car and went, hmm, can't find my phone. Must have left it somewhere behind. And I was running a bit late, but I ran through the house trying to find it, couldn't find it anywhere and went, you know what I could do? I could turn my music on, it's Bluetoothed in my car and if it works, the phone is in the car somewhere. So that's what I did and the phone played the music so I went, <laughs> the phone is in the car I just obviously can't find it I'll find it when I get to work so I drove to work which is about 20 kilometers and every now and again the music would go <laughs> and kind of fade out a bit and I was like hmm, this is this is strange but maybe it's just like in an area where it's not working right and I got to work and I went, cool. So the phone is definitely in the car. So I gave it a good old search, could not find the phone anywhere. Thought I'll just clear the car out of all my stuff and then maybe I'll come back and do a big search. So I cleared everything in my car. I stand up to walk to the office and look at the roof of my car and there's my phone. It had been on my car for 20 kilometers. Now I told the story and I tell the story before, I've told the story before. And lots of people laugh, normally the neuro, neurodiverse people, and all the neurotypical people don't like it so much. And I say, I told the story to my husband and I'm proud that my phone has survived and he's just like, why did you not look after your phone better? This is a risk because my phone is so much part of how I run this business. <laughs> and I was like going, I want to be praised for how cool it is that the phone survived. And he was like, I just can't believe that you were so silly as not to check. And how could you have even made that mistake? And he's very relaxed about most things. He loves my hurricane brain. But this was a moment where the neurodiversity was not a fun moment for him. Now, I would tell that story, and if I was with a bunch of people who are neurodiverse, I would tell that story one way. If I was a bunch with people who were neurotypical and more serious, I might tell it a different way. The story is still the same, and it is a funny story. But unless I've got a reason for telling it to teach something or illustrate something, I'm not going to tell that story. I might tell a really simple story about talk. I once told a story on LinkedIn about realizing that I was I had learned to be more comfortable with my body from swimming with 70 year olds at the swimming pool every morning and then talking to them and becoming friends with them and seeing they didn't care standing there and getting changed with their older bodies in front of me while we talked and me becoming more relaxed about my body which actually helped me more on screen clothed because I learned from them this lack of awareness or over self-awareness I've told that story it's such a little story I've told little stories about having the last the last piece of fruit in the bowl and trying to work out, do I need to share it? Can I have it? Can I just have it and, and explain it? Finding little tiny moments of our day that can be a story can often be more powerful than those big stories. And so I'll often think, what is it that I'll either think, here's a topic that I've got that I want to find a story for, or I will have an idea in my head about a story and then think, how can I turn that into a topic? If you're getting started, it's actually better to start with a topic. 
So recently I was working with a client and he was wanting to talk about finding joy and we were talking about creating story to help that happen. And so we talked about the fact that he was just like going, you need to find joy. And I was saying it's better to illustrate it with our own lives to show how we find joy. So I asked, you know, when was the last time you found joy? And he started trying to think of these big moments. I said, find me the smallest moment, the most recent smallest moment where you found joy. And he said, when I put my phone away and I went and sat with my daughter and I played with her and just focused on her and she looked up and smiled at me and I thought, this is something special. And even now telling you that story, and I'm secondhand, it wasn't even my story, I can feel the specialness in that moment because it's something that so many of us relate to. Our stories that we choose for storytelling must be so innately relatable. The minute it becomes something that they cannot personally relate to, it's a story that you're telling for your own benefit and not the benefit of the listener. And this is really important to me because I hear a lot of people going, oh, you don't let me tell this story. I want to tell about my big overseas trip and blah, blah, blah. It is much more powerful to tell a story about something that happened in the cafe today than it is to tell about the amazing spiritual experience you had at the top of the Himalayas talking to a monk who had been there for 70 years. That's still a cool story, bro, but it's not a great story for when we're talking about storytelling in business because we want to have people go, I can see myself in this story. This is the story I relate to. I can share something like this myself. So we want to make sure that the story has got lots of conversational tone in it, that you use descriptive language, but it doesn't have to be a long story. Some stories may only be two or three sentences long. It doesn't have to be an epic story. This is the other thing that people do is they often overtell the story. I think I gave you way too much detail when I was telling that story about my phone. You can tell a story quickly and share it. And if it's a good story, it can be told very sparsely. It doesn't need a lot of details. Every time you want to add detail, think, does this detail add to the story or is it feeding my ego or feeding my need to tell something in depth? Often we don't need the extra information. A good story will be told very simply. You might want to also choose, though, a call to action at the end. Like, what did you think? How did you feel about this? Would you do the same? Do you agree? These things help people engage with the story and help people feel have an opportunity to connect with it. It's really important when you do the stories. This is this is a little bugbear. One of the things I have about this is that if you feel like you need to put the moral of the story or you need to put like this kind of like, and that's why you should never eat chips before dinner part at the end, you have missed the opportunity to allow people to find their own solution from the story. If we can't trust our audience to work out what we're saying, we need to go back to the story and work it out. So it's not like, so if we're to go back to that story about him finding joy and sitting there, the worst thing he could do is say, so next time you're busy with the phone and your daughter says, hey, do you want to play? Put your phone down and go and spend time with them. Who wants to be told what to do? We're adults. We don't want that. Instead, it could be, when was the last time you felt a simple power, a simple power of joy? 
And so probably say it without the stuttering. So it's about really opening up and helping them explore the idea as opposed to telling them how they're meant to behave. We're not here to proselytize. We're not here to lecture someone with our story. We're not here to make them feel um, grief or make them feel guilty or add, remove grace from their life from story. We're here to open their eyes to possibilities. That's what it's for. And if you've got to summarize it with something that is going to make, tell them how they should think, act or feel after it, we have missed the point of the story. So I think that's really important. Um, I really like using LinkedIn for stories because it's quite long font contact and content and they'll often use them on other platforms. Stories are also great with video. My recommendation if you're doing video is definitely to write the story down first and use it and just tell it sentence by sentence um, as you record it. So you're not like going full. If you are wanting to tell the story straight, I'd recommend still writing out or planning the story. I have notes here that I'm using and I'm just writing off that. But what I would do if it wasn't a podcast and it was a video is I would just hit record for three minutes and I would tell that story and then I'd go through and take out all the crap that doesn't need to be in there, all the little bits and pieces that aren't needed. I would take my breaths out. I would make it really still and clear of what I am doing in that moment. I am not going to have anything superfluous in that story if I'm telling it. If you're telling a story in front of an audience, you need to practice the delivery and imagine the delivery. Don't imagine the laughter. Like there's nothing worse than waiting for the laughter. I've, I've watched people who have told stories who pause waiting for the laughter with a funny face. And it's the worst thing ever because actually sometimes the laughter doesn't come. So we need to make sure that we're not assuming how people would react to it. But it is important to add pause and add um um, inflection and add emotion in where we need to put it in as long as it feels real and you are literally connecting with it for that to happen don't be afraid of silence when you're doing it face to face because silence is a powerful metric in video not so good and we can make silence sometimes in a post by just adding a paragraph break um, and adding like a little bit of space to help people breathe a little bit that's why those little they call it broetry and LinkedIn is good for storytelling because it allows people to take a breath before they read the next part. As you're doing stories and you're using stories, do use them more than once. It's a very powerful way to do that. I've got analogies that I use. I like to tell stories that aren't just about my personal life, but I do use them. I've used one uh, often called Be the Sound That Dogs Run To and I talk about my dogs loving the sound of a knife on a chopping board. That's me taking something really simple that's about um, you know, just cooking every night and talking about why it's important for us to have our own personal voice. If you get a story that resonates with people and it works really well, the story can become part of your marketing messaging. It can become part of how you tell the story of how people need to think about the way your brain works. It becomes a signature of who you are. Um, I have the same with the spider's web. I haven't um, I have personally never been caught up in a spider's web and been wrapped around with a spidey silk and have all the goodness taken out of me. But I've used the story of what a spider does to explain how good or bad marketing is and why we need to be kind spiders. It doesn't necessarily have to be a story from your personal life, although that's such a great place to start. Sometimes it's about creating a story or a, a learning walkthrough experience of something that helps people understand through illustration what you're doing. And of course, while we're talking about illustration, use images for this. 
find images that you can use. Um, tell, have an image that's got a view talking with maybe an excerpt from the story as text on it. Find ways to illustrate an important element of the story to use when you're telling it as well to help people understand and see what you're talking about and help attract people to it. To me, I think storytelling should become a habit of us as small business owners. I think that we should start incorporating it into our marketing on a regular basis. And it's hard when you start. As my client said, the thing that took me five minutes to write would have taken him 45 minutes. And that's fair. The reason it didn't take me very long is I've been doing it for a long time. I've been looking for stories and seeing stories all the time. Every day I have an experience and I think that might make a great story and I note it down. I do think it's really important that we need to see the stories in every day, those little moments that are hilarious and special and good that make us laugh, light up, make us think and reflect. And then we need to reflect ourselves because often that story isn't meant to be told that day or even the next day. Sometimes there's a sting in the story. Sometimes it's made us think something that we might regret or be hurt from or pain. And if we're talking through pain, it's never effective for us. It might be effective in that moment for our business. It's not good. So we wait until the sting has passed until we write about it. We can express the sting. We can make people feel and experience the sting, but we should not feel the sting of a painful story as we publish it because every time someone comes and comments or talks or empathizes with it we don't want them to be pushing a bruise and making it worse if we are if we are healing when we're healed it doesn't matter because it won't push the bruise there is no bruise to push but yes storytelling can be a really powerful integral part of our marketing we need to make it simple we need to find stories from the everyday we make sure that we're not telling people what they should need to believe after those stories. We, we let them work that out themselves. We keep it remembering that it's talking about something that's a pain point or something that's hurtful for them. We think about what they need, not what we want to sell, because this is really important. Like, obviously, we know we need what, what we need to sell, but we actually talk to their needs more than what our offer is. And we forego the feeling that they have to behave in a certain way when they read our story. We allow them to react the way they do. We remember that our brains are geared for story and that a story will cut through in a way that facts will not. We remember that we will, we are all storytellers and we just have to turn the light on and start noticing the stories around us to make that happen. I hope this has helped. I love storytelling and it's one of the things I love doing with my content marketing clients, learning how to tell stories better. So I hope this has helped you. And if you'd love to come and be part of my content marketing group and learn how to tell better stories as part of content marketing, then let me know. Email me, rachel at identifymarketing.co.nz and otherwise, go tell a story. You know what's good for stories? It's great to have stories that you have fitting in with your content marketing strategy. And if you're a New Zealand business and you want to learn how to do a better content marketing strategy this year, I want you to come to my event somewhere around New Zealand. I'm running free events all around New Zealand this year teaching you how to do content marketing strategies. So come along to one of those events. And if you can't make it because you're not in New Zealand or it's just something you can't fit into your schedule, well, then come along and be part of our Map It Marketing group on Facebook. I would love to hear about your stories. If you do a story this week coming out of this podcast, you listen to it and you go, I'm going to try a little story. 
find me, tag me in and say, hey, Rach, what do you think about this? And I will come and read your story. I'd love to see it. doesn't matter if you're listening to this the week it comes out or two years from now. I want to see your stories. Happy writing. Have a great week. And next week, we are talking to someone I laughed so much with. Her name is Viv, and she owns a business called Girls Get Off, which is all about making women feel very happy at a certain part of their life. Right, we're going to be talking to her about her marketing next week. Until then, have a great week. If you love what you heard today, be sure to hit subscribe. And if you love this episode in particular, I'd love it if you shared it on social media. Remember to tag me in so I can say thank you. Have a great week and we'll talk soon.